Father, this is our cry to you today. Send your fire. Send your fire. Father, this is the only thing that is going to touch these people on these streets. And Lord, we remember those six children within two miles of this place where two of those young lads, 14 and 13, lost their lives. And Lord, it says that deep darkness will cover the people and deeper darkness the land. And Holy Spirit, we ask you now for fire in our bellies. Holy Spirit, only you can do it. So Lord, I just pray now, will you send your fire into this place? That will have such an effect that Lord, people will be calling and falling out of their houses because they see the fire and they'll feel the heat of your presence. So Lord, we ask you now to turn this city around from its depravity, from its sin and darkness when fathers and mothers harm their own kids. And Lord, only you can touch this. But we ask you now, Lord, as a prayer from our hearts and a prayer from our spirit, come and touch us. Put us on fire for you. And Lord, watch us run for you. And nothing can stand in our way because you are for us and not against us. You are the commander of this army. And Lord, if you've saved your best wine to last, then we're it. We're it. And Lord, if you can touch the seas and part them and let a whole nation cross over, then Lord, you can do it for this nation. There is nothing too hard or too difficult for you. But Lord, I pray now, prepare us for what you're going to be doing in this place. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. So there is a problem that we have in the church. And this is part three of this talk. And there's the problem. And this, Do you want to know what the problem is? You are. You are the problem. And so am I. But also, you are the solution to this problem. I want to read you something. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, that it was weak through the flesh. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemns sin in the flesh. It says here in, in verse 14 of Romans 8, for many are led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again into fear, but received the spirit of adoption. See, it says that the righteous requirement of the law may be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but we walk according to the Spirit. And so many of us are walking and talking in the flesh and not in the spirit. 
when you walk and talk in the Spirit, you'll be able to hear and see in the Spirit. You'll be able to touch in the Spirit. You'll be able to taste and smell in the Spirit. Did anybody feel the witchcraft come in this place? Two or three of us, four of us. Witchcraft came in this place. Yeah. Absolutely. Totally. Totally got it. And it was coming to devour your flesh and my flesh. But no, because he is my light and my salvation. And it says in the word that when the demons come to devour our flesh, they shall stumble and fall. Why? Because we're living in the spirit realm. We have to live in that spirit realm. It says in Romans 8 verse 1, Therefore do there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. We have to walk in the spirit. It says that our minds, even our very minds, is an enemy to God. And in, in some translation, that word mind is hearts. So the way that we think, it says, it says also there is, that, that we walk according to what? The lust of the flesh. We do. You know, I mean, you know, I, you know, I believe that we still should be still praying, even though there is no format to it. We should still be contending. But I'll tell you now, we've let our guard down. We have let our guards down. But what God is about to do is going to be beyond anything that we have seen. I totally believe that we're going to be living in the, in the power of Joshua and Caleb again. I believe that we will be taking down giants that we will be walking in the spirit and we will hear and see what God is saying and doing in the spirit realm. How did Jesus come out and say, I can only do what I see my father doing? Because he lived in the spirit. He was the spirit. And the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. But we live not according to the spirit man in us, but to our souls. And this is what I'm, I'm taking my time in this message because of what is coming. We're going to see the power. But if we are living in our flesh, we will abuse that power and the authority that will externally come on us. We have got to get rid of this flesh and die to it. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. By faith, I live in the faith of the Son of Man who loved me and gave himself. In faith, you have got to start operating in faith in these things. But we're walking according to flesh in complete contention to the Spirit. And in so many Christians, all I can see sometimes is this, just a little dot of light, which is the Spirit, encrusted with darkness. Because, you know, I, I'm not saying I've got it all. I haven't. But I'm on a journey, and, 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 I, and this journey is so exciting because my heart is to know more of him. My heart is to know everything of him. So I can only do like Jesus did when we had a look in the whole thing of the temptation that Jesus went through. It wasn't for us. Jesus had to go through it to prove to the Father that he wouldn't operate out of the flesh, but out of the spirit. My father hasn't told me to do this, so I'm not doing it. I've not heard my father. Don't tempt my father. You can do it to me, but don't tempt him. Because Jesus 
as we noticed that we could, he went in from his baptism, he had the fullness of the Holy Spirit. But we know that when he came out of the desert, he came out with the power of the Spirit. Read Luke 4. Jesus came out with the Holy Spirit, but in power. Why? Because Father God said, I can trust my son now. He won't operate out of flesh. And do you know when, he, when Jesus says that if your enemy smites you, give him, offer him your other cheek. I believe, I had a vision where I saw Jesus when he was being beaten up, offer his other cheek. And then his other. And then his other. And then his other. And he loved those people beating him. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. Incredible, isn't it? It's amazing how we have sanitized it all. We've sanitized, you know, what Jesus went through. And what did Jesus do? He came back to redeem us to our rightful place. Just slightly lower than the angels. And when you see one angel sweep across a whole nation and take their firstborn, wow, that's my God. Because what is coming upon this earth is huge darkness. And there's only going to be one thing. It's our faith and our trust in the Lord. He who shelters and abides in the shadow of the Almighty. It's Psalm 91 and Psalm 27. Because he will anoint my head in the presence of my enemies and my cup will overflow. <gasps> That's my God. But he will not give us this power unless he can trust us. That was part two of the talk. That he won't give us this power you know, he won't give it to us unless he can trust us that we'll operate out of our spirit. So what I want to press on to in this third part is I want to show you how to enlarge your spirit. Do you want to know how to do it? Because let me tell you, you can mature and grow in this within two months. A child, Joshua, who's, a, who's 10 going on 11 years old, he can get this and grow up beyond his age. Look at Jesus when he was 12 years old, sat in the temple. The, the people were absolutely, wow, he is full of wisdom and understanding, well beyond his age. Why? Because he had operated out of his spirit. Wouldn't you like to know some of the questions that people will ask you before they've even asked you? That's what I want to do. Wouldn't you like to see everybody you pray for, no matter what it is, be completely set free and healed? It's coming, but we've got to operate out of our spirits. Because I'm telling you now, what the charismatic and Pentecostal church has done is they have taken that, that power, taken that authority and abused it. And they've replaced the Lord with signs and wonders. I want to be in love with the signs and wonder giver. And I want to operate out of that. And how do we do it? Not by the, 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 the gifts of the Spirit, but we have to operate out of the gifts of the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control and patience. We've got to operate out of that. If we do not operate out of that, we're lost. But here's, here's the problem. Here is the problem. <gasps> I'll try not to do that because I know it's bad. That's not the way to do it. 
Here's the way to do it. The Holy Spirit, you are in me. I have never been created to operate like that. I've never been created to operate out like that. I've never been created to think like that because you are in me and you are for me and not against me. So therefore I've been created now to live and walk in the Spirit. And I give you freedom now, Spirit man in me, to walk in the Spirit. And that will overtake the, the lust of the flesh, which is an enemy to God. It's an enemy. But we choose to try and do it our way. I'll try not to do that. Maybe I'll succeed. No. You were never created to do that. Never created to do that. And I've, I've, I've said to some people, do you know what? You've never been created to do that, so stop. Stop. Stop doing it. You were never created to put that in your body. Stop doing it. But now I believe that we're going to start seeing a a move of the Holy Spirit like we've never seen before. And all I want to do is get us ready for it. Don't you want to be ready? So how do we do this? Very simply, there are six things. Firstly, you've got to learn how to engage your spirit man that will help you to grow and operate, not out of your souls, but out of your spirit. Yes, agree? So how do we do it? Prayer. And we start today operating in tongue. That is like the kickstart. It's like kickstarting a motorbike to get it going. You know, and the revving is our prayer that will propel us forward. And in tongue, we've got to pray in tongue much more. Because it will engage in the spirit quicker than your normal tongue will do it. You will engage in the spirit realm so much quicker and the doors will open with the spirit. And then you'll be able to start praying, Lord, show me what you want me to pray for. How do you want me to pray? But you should be spending time praying in tongue and then by prayer operating out of that tongue. Worship and praise enter up so many doors. You know, we, we go in, we enter into the courts of God, the heavenly courts, by how? By prayers, pray and, and prayers and thanksgiving. Praise and thanksgiving. And this is why, this is why, why do you think we're, we have the, the, the realm of God in here when we worship? Because it's coming out of our spirit. It's coming out of here. We're not here for the glitter and the glamour. We're not here. We haven't got lights. We haven't got. We just want to worship Him, don't we? We want to worship Him in spirit and truth, because He is the truth. And this is our love offering to Him. And here's another one, which is where, where we are very poor, is thanksgiving. Do you know what my prayer is most mornings? Lord, I thank you. I thank you because, Lord, I've got a roof over my head. I thank you, Father, that, that I've got food on my table. I thank you, Father, because you are so good to me. You are so kind. You are so gentle. Where I deserve so much more, but you give me so much of yourself. I thank you, Jesus, that you're in my life. And this is how I start. This is how we must start. We've got to start thanking him. Thank you, Jesus, that I might be feeling this in my body, but I walk in the spirit of truth, and I walk in the spirit of faith that you have healed me. I thank you, Jesus, that I'm made in your image. I thank you, Jesus, that I am perfectly, perfectly made. There is no defect, and I thank you, Jesus, that you paid the price on that cross, and you have set me free, and I thank you. I tell you, that's what we've got to do. We walk not by what we see, but in what we don't see. 
It's faith. So you've got to stop operating that your spirit man is going to come over and take over in faith. In faith we operate. Not by what we see. Oh, I wish. Oh, so we do that. And do you know what that will open up when we operate in those five things? We'll start having encounters with him. And as we look at him, we will reflect him. I want to have, when I look at Jesus, not just say I had an experience with Jesus and he came to me. I want to look like him. I want to do what he does. I don't want to just have these encounters to give me a nice gooey feeling because I tell you now, some of those encounters have been the most scariest things that's ever happened to me. The fear of the Lord, I can preach it and I can talk about it because I've experienced it twice in my life where I thought I was going to die out of encounters with the living God. Out of encounters. And these are just some of the ways. But I'm telling you now, if we can operate out of those and start with those six things, oh wow. I always remember Heidi's mum telling me and Heidi, and we haven't got this right. We've been married over 20 years now. And uh, her mum said to me quite early on, and to Heidi, he says, the household that prays together stays together. There's a challenge for you. Those that pray together stay together. We're really good prayer, prayer warriors here. We've got some prayer warriors. But I'm just sending it out to married couples or, you know, or friends, you know, you can go to a friend and pray with them, and there is something whew, stronger in it. What makes a chord on a piano string? Three strings. You know, because three is better than one. It's a perfect chord. So in, in together, we're, we're, we're stronger together. I need you, and you need me. I might be the bum of this body, <laughs> and you might be the toe. But together we operate together, don't we? You know, and, and you're, you're much better than the toe. But without toes we can't stand. Do you see what I mean? Because I'm telling you now, I just feel that, that, that the Joshua and the Caleb spirits coming into this land. I'm telling you, the Joshua and the Caleb spirit is coming in this land. And we have to fight in the spirit, not in the flesh. But in the spirit, we have to fight. And if the Lord gives us permission, you see, here it is, right? We have got some Muslim people living down there. I don't try and take on the spirit of Islam. I say, Lord, will you appear to them? Will you speak to them, Lord? Will, will the Holy Spirit, will you go and sweep your fire and open their eyes? And that's what, how I pray for the Muslims. Because when this fire comes, it will touch all flesh. All flesh. And it is coming. It is coming. So we've got to be more conscious about the spirit man that is in us. We've got to talk to him. And here's something else. Here is a key. Give him permission to take over. Speak to him. Because when your spirit connects with the spirit... Wow, nothing's impossible for us. Nothing is impossible. But we need the fire of God as well. But we must water and feed the Spirit, and the more we do this by those six things, He will grow in us. And eventually, 
in a very short time, if you start doing this, the Spirit of God that is in you will start dominating the flesh and the soul that is an enemy to Christ. So we don't operate out of our feelings, do we? <laughs> you know, and, and so many times in church, it's how we feel. It's all about our feelings. No, your feelings should be dead, but alive in Christ. But alive in Christ. I feel and I see things. And I know that that's inward. That's an inward thing. And that's what I want to talk about. It's, a, it's just allowing that internal spirit that is in us to dominate this flesh. To dominate it. So why does, why does the Bible, why does Paul say that our body parts, what we see, what we hear, what we touch, what we feel, what we, what we smell, what we taste, is an enemy? Because if that isn't operated out of the spirit realm, then we're in trouble. I had a young guy come to me, really early on in my Christian walk, who was completely, and thank God, I thank you, Jesus, I thank you with all my heart, I've never been addicted to porn or pornography. But let me tell you, men in churches, that's probably their biggest problem, is porn and pornography. Yeah, and I'll tell you now something else in the church, men, and some women, and I'm going to be blunt with you. Can I be blunt? Can I speak the truth? Masturbation is a problem with men. So what we do with our hands is really important. Really important. Are we going to operate out of that? Or are we going to operate of, no, Lord, I've never been created to do that. You've never created me to be like that. You've never created me to look upon a naked woman's body and lust. You've, and, I, and I refuse to have that in my life. But this young guy came to me and said, Andy, I'm addicted to porn. And it's when computers were only just out. You know, decent computers. I'm not talking about the Amstrad. But, you know, anyone remember the Amstrad? Yeah. Oh, Alan Sugar. Yeah, it's incredible. But, you know, and, and you know, I said to him, so what's the problem? He says, well, every time I go to the computer, I, I can't stop looking at porn. And I said, I'll, I'll tell you how to get rid of that. He said, how? I want to be set free. I said... Show me it. Show me the computer. And he says, here it is. So I went up to it, got my little knife out, and I cut the plug off. I said, don't watch it. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. There you go. Cut it off. But if you walk in a room and it's going, switch me on, switch me on, switch me on, switch me on. Absolutely. <laughs> Smash it. You know, get rid of it. Because what does it say in the Bible? James says it really well. Starve the devil and he will flee. I've never been created for that. I've never been created to think like that, to look at that. I only, you know, I want to do it, Lord, in, with only one person. That's my wife or my husband, you know, if you're a woman. If you're a woman or if you're married. You know, and the, that's the problem that we have is that so many of us operate out of the flesh. Why, why, why do, this, I'm, I'm just saying this because this is, a, why do Christians go on these websites? No, no, I'm just, no, I'm asking the question, why? I'll tell you why. Yeah. And they don't believe that God can bring the right woman or, or man into their life. They don't trust the Lord to make the right decisions. I've never been on one, so I don't know, I don't know what it's like. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I purposed within my heart that I'd be single and celibate until the Lord brought whoever it was. And do you know what? When I surrendered that to the Lord, I mean, I, you know, I, I surrendered it, and within a month, I met Heidi. I met Heidi, and I'd been celibate, and I'd been single for quite a number of years. And I had made mistakes, but yet when I met Heidi, I knew straight away that this is the woman I was going to marry. I knew it straight away. Why? Because the Spirit of God was, was, <laughs> was teaching me this. And I had to trust the Lord in this. And we didn't go, oh, we better experiment to see whether we're compatible in the flesh. No, because if you are in the Spirit compatible, everything else works out. Yes? So, I mean, not as many young people in here, apart from Joshua and maybe a few others, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm serious about this. I'm really serious that we've got to be operating out of that realm. Lord, you can bring my wife to me and prepare me for her. Prepare me. Get rid of the flesh. Instead of, you know, I've, I've, seen, I've seen it. Can I, can I? I've seen it so many times work out the wrong way. Work out, and it's turned out not good. But anyway... So Ephesians 3, verse 16, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in your inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. There it is, through faith. That you have been rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. And that word knowledge is gnosis. It's man's knowledge, not the epinosis which is the spirit of knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do more exceedingly and abundantly above all that we have asked or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus and all generations, to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So if you enlarge your spirit, man, I'll show you what will happen. Can I show you this? Right, I'll use the word. Acts 5, verse 15. So they brought the sick out in Acts 5, verse 15. Say amen when you found it. 15, Acts 5, 15 and 16. So they brought out the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter, this is the Holy Spirit, this is the, the Spirit of God in Peter, which is now external instead of just being internal, the shadow of Peter passing might fall on some of them. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities of Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. All of them. All. All. So when we have conversations and we say to somebody who is sick, well, I don't know if it's God's will to, for me to be healed, that's a lie from Satan. It's God's will to heal all sickness. Always. It's his will. But when your spirit man is so alive to him, oh, just the passing of, what the, of your presence of the Holy Spirit that is in you, 
that raised Jesus from the dead is in you and you have conquered your flesh, then all people will be healed because you will not be doing it for yourself. You'll be doing it for him and giving him all the glory. This is what's coming to us, folks. This is what's coming. So the spirit must dominate our souls. You know, and there are two words in Greek for the anointing, and they're used here twice in 1 John, in, uh, 1 John 2, verse 27. 1 John 2, verse 27. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. This is the internal anointing. It's the internal spirit of man that is in you. That's internal. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and that word anointing is an external thing, teaches you all concerning all things, and is true and is not a lie, and just as it is taught you, you will abide in him. So here we have something that's in you, right, like a water that's in this coffee in this cup, that's in you. But when you abide in him, the Holy Spirit, he surrounds you. That's the external anointing. So do you see what I mean? So I want this external, the shadow of Peter. That's an external anointing. And when did that anointing come on Peter? In the upper room. When the Holy Spirit came on fire and touched their heads. We want that. We need it. We need it. So all flesh and all diseases and all unclean spirits and just your presence walking in the room go, ah, I'm out of here. Don't you want that? But we have to be trusted with it. So the external touches every part of your body and connects your spirit man with the spirit when you live out of the spirit. It connects with the Holy Spirit. It's that pipeline, it's that electricity that goes through from the Holy Spirit into you and around you. Whereas the internal touching of the Holy Spirit tells us what is right and wrong inside of us and tells us things like we might get a feeling, oh, I feel this, you know, or I have a word of knowledge. That's internal. That's an internal working of the Holy Spirit where you, get a, you see something, you feel something, and you think, all right, I've got this word of knowledge. Does this mean anything to you? That's an internal working of the Holy Spirit. <coughs> Just in the same way, there was an internal of the working spirit when we knew that witchcraft came in this room. Demons came in this room. That's internal. But the external thing is they see you and run. Because they know that you are in Christ and Christ is in you. Oh, wow. Yep. Well, cool. So Acts 10, I want you to get this, please. I want you to get this, because even Jesus had to learn this. Even Jesus. Turn with me to Acts 10, because I want you to highlight this in your Bible. And this is where I feel the charismatic church has gone so wrong. We have almost like, we, we, get, we, get, we get a spirit of truth, and the pendulum, instead of remaining middle, we swing one way. And it's all about signs and wonders. No, the middle part is, I do the signs and wonders because I'm in love with him. And they'll follow you. 
when you're in love with him, these things will follow you. So here we go, folks. Acts 10, verse 38. Look, and this is the word anointing is external. It's not internal. But God anointed external Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. This is the external anointing. He had the internal anointing at his baptism when the Spirit of God descended like a dove and he said, this is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. But Jesus received the infilling of the Holy Spirit, but he had not received the power. And how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with them. So we know from just that sentence that all sickness is of the devil. All sickness. All infirmity is of the devil. If we're made in his image, (laughs) but this is how we must think. I am made in his image. Therefore, the sickness has to leave. It's not there. (coughs) You can choose to believe it or not. So when you get a bad report, whose report are you going to believe? Seriously. So anointing in Greek is also, is, is the word is charisma. And this was really interesting when I did a word study on charisma. Do you want to know what it means? Right? It's to rub into your spirit. It's an external rubbing into your spirit. To gently touch the surface of your body and it will slightly rest upon. Oh, isn't that beautiful? It just slightly, it's an, inter, it's an external rubbing of the Holy Spirit that gently rubs on you and it just rests on you. Isn't that like the Holy Spirit? So gentle, so kind, so full of love. He is beautiful beyond description. He is. And when you say, Holy Spirit, come and gently rest upon me, but make me into his likeness first. See, I'm going I'm to share something. I've had this vision two or three times in the last three, four months. When the Holy Spirit of God breaks out in this place, and it will happen soon, it's coming. This is coming to us here. But I've seen people that I've known who have, you know, gone not because they've t- take packed all their toys and, you know, spat out their dummies and left. They've gone for right reasons. But I know that these people will come into it when the Holy Spirit arrives. And the first thing they'll want to get hold of is this. And they'll want to promote themselves. Hi, I'm here, the true prophet of God. You know, hi, I'm the healer, the true healer of God. They're not going to get hold of this. They will not touch the anointing. And this is what we've got to guard. Now, Heidi and I are going to Australia in February, where, you know, we're going to go to the conference in Brisbane. But it's not a conference, it's a training school. That's why we're going, not for a jolly. You know, you sit in a plane for 24 hours. It's not a jolly, it's hard. You know, but we're going to get trained and equipped, and then we're going to come back and train and equip you. Yes? And these are from the prophets. You know, this is from Neville and, and Sadhu and Bobby Connor and Bruce Allen and Andy Tiplett. <laughs> but, but it's training because when the hordes come in, the hordes, the hordes of people, what did you think I said? Hordes. 
when the hordes of people come in, you know, looking for, for, for Jesus, you're going to have to teach them. Lord, show me your ways. Show me your ways. Teach me your ways so I can teach them to know you, to see you. So I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. I've got that tattooed on my arm. 220. <coughs> oh, die to that soul, man. No more self-independence. Doing what you want to do. No more. You've got to have that bond servant mentality. And God has challenged me and Heidi in a couple of areas. And we're, we're be, I mean, I've been challenged. I've got to lose some weight. You know, that's not an easy thing for an ex-sportsman, you know, who had a six-pack and a half. You know, now I've just got one pack and it's round. <laughs> but, you know, I've got to do this because that's my responsibility. Because I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I can't eat what I want to eat. I can't drink what I want to drink. I've got an addictive personality. And, you know, and it's either all or nothing for me. I'm, I'm like that. I'm all or nothing. I'm in this or I'm not in it. I'm all or nothing. But I'll tell you one thing. Through my Christian walk, I'm all for him. Amen. I am all for Jesus. And nobody can take that from me. I love... Have you seen that uh, Australian centre? The uh, rugby centre. Australian rugby centre? Israel Falau. And uh, he put on a tweet. And he quoted Romans 1. About adulterers and, and thieves and homosexuals. And because it had the word homosexual, he was sacked by the Australian rugby board. He was sacked by his rugby club. And then we had Billy uh, Venipola, who plays for Saracens, the England uh, number eight. He put like on the tweet and he was called into the rugby union he was reprimanded he was also called in by Saracens this is one of our greatest rugby players that's going to the World Cup at the end of this year and they said you need to retract that and he said I'm not retracting it I'm not and Israel Falau turned around you're going to have a look at it he turned around and said I love Jesus and Jesus comes first in my life they can do whatever they want but Jesus is my number one and he's and he's lost everything he's lost his income overnight but a group of Christians have said what's happened to you Israel is what's happening in society and we are going to fight this we are going to fight this so they're taking it to the high courts in Australia. But how dare they? How dare they say this to us? How dare they say that we have got no opinion and our opinion is worth nothing? How dare they? I'll say it again. I'm a man and I don't understand homosexuality. I do not understand it. But I'm not against them. But I'm allowed to say I don't understand it. And I don't agree with it. <laughs> and that very comment can get me into prison. But we've got to stand on the truth, and he is the truth. You know, I said, I had a little thing yesterday where I was just contemplating, and I was just, you know, just meditating. And I had this thing about being marched into a cell and being interviewed by the police and saying, we want to interview you. And I was thinking, okay, Lord, well, you know, why am I seeing this? Because, he's, you know, that might happen to me. Right, you've said this. But you know what? I'm not against them. But I'm allowed to say I don't agree with it. 
And I, and I had this little thing in this thing that I had yesterday. It's like seeing a man, woman, or child running to a cliff edge and not saying anything. And said, help, stop, don't, there's an edge there. We've got to warn them that the consequences of their actions, whether it be adultery, whether it be theft, whatever it is, to warn them. That's our job, is to warn them. <sighs> Do you know, anyway, we've got to die to self. So we've got to, we've got to get hold of what we're watching on television, what we're reading, what we're looking at. Is it wholesome? Is it detracting us from the things of God? The one thing I loved about holiday, can I tell you this? The one thing I loved was leaving my mobile phone in the safe. Leaving my iPad. I didn't, you know, I didn't even take one. But just, I didn't even take one. Yeah, I took my Kindle instead. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? And I didn't miss it. Because what is coming to this country is going to be dominated by this. Youth, look at it. What's coming? 5G? Oh, my word. Do you go and have a look at what's coming into the country. Do you know, Australia, New Zealand said, and America said, we don't want this technology. They don't want this Chinese. Because we are trying to culture and have business with China because of Brexit, our fear that we can't stand them. So we're having to do it. It is wrong. It's totally wrong. But we have a choice. We have a choice. We have to believe that we've been bought at a high price. So it's not our choice anymore. You know, it's not, you know, and I say this, you know, you can't be, de you can't be depressed. You can't. Because you've been bought at such a high price. He has set you free from an eternity of hell. Ha <laughs> ha, I'm free. That's what our things are, I'm free. You know, and, I, and I think one of the biggest lies amongst Christians is Christians that take their own lives. Because they can't. It's not their life to take. And I say that, you know, with all gentleness. You know, it's, it's awful. But they don't know the truth. They don't know who they are in Christ. And the value they are, have in Christ. <coughs> Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, they are a new creation. You are a new creation. All of the old is gone and the new has come. You are a new creation, Ginny. You are a new creation. Absolutely, we are a new creation. So therefore, all the old is gone. There should be no more sickness or illness or any of these demonic things on us. I can't help myself doing it. Yes, you can. Because you were never created to have that. You were only created to have this. 2 Corinthians 5.21 And God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He has done it all. He has set you free. You are the righteousness of God. When God looks at you, he doesn't look at you as sin. He looks at you as his righteousness. Absolutely. He can't look at you as sin or sickness if it's being confessed and dealt with. He can't. Absolutely. 
We have a new nature. We have his very DNA. We have the fruits of the Spirit. But question, here's a question. How do we let this new nature live through us? And it's crucial we understand this. And Romans 6, verse 11 to 13, gives us the answer. How do we let this new late nature live through us and in us? In the same way, count yourself dead to sin. Romans 6, verse 11. You're dead to sin. It's almost like Paul is saying it's impossible for you to even think or do something. Do you know what? I find now that I can't even think what I used to do. I can't. It's like, it's like God has done an eradication of, of my past because that's how he sees me. That's how he sees me. And it's like I can't remember any of it. You know, and, and yeah, it's, it's incredible. God has done such a healing in my life. Such a healing. And it's continuing to. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been bought from death into life. You have been bought from a death, an eternal death, into life. And an internal, eternal life. Death has lost its sting. And offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. So Lord, I give you my mouth. Let no unclean thing come out of my mouth. Lord, I give you my mind. Let me have complete control over what I think. And if I get those evil thoughts, I know they're not coming from me. They're an external force. Lord, I, I give you my hands and my body. My hands while here for war, for fight for you, and for good, and not for evil. So therefore, I give you my hand. I give you my body, Lord, as that living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you, Lord. I give it to you, because it is not my body, it is yours. We've got to switch it around. Do you know, I say to people, you know, when all these dark thoughts, switch them. If you're getting these dark thoughts... That's coming from the devil. So switch it and say it from how the Lord sees you. I'll give you an example, right. <coughs> oh, why do I feel like this? Why do I feel so down? I just can't get this heaviness off me. You know, and, and, and oh my word, that is going to happen to my child? I'm worried about you know, that happening to them? Well, no, no, that's not. No, I thank you, Father. I was never created to think like that because, Lord, when your hand is upon me, everything is protected. And I thank you, Father, that you have the protection of my son. You have got the protection of my wife, even though she fell in, down the bottom of the stairs and almost snapped her leg. But I thank you that... I said this. I said this to the Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you sent angels, that her leg wouldn't be broken, that you caught her. It was a complete miracle. I thank you, Lord, that there is no... you know. Apart from a few bruises, there is no broken bones. I thank you, Father, that I've been created in your image. I thank you that my son is, you know, do you see what I mean? You switch it around. So we must put this old nature of self down. It's, it's, we've got to kill it, yes? And start speaking to the spirit man or the spirit person or the spirit is in you. Start speaking to it. Start giving it permission to take over the soul. And start feeding it and letting it grow by the word and praise and worship and prayer and tongue. Start feeding the spirit man in you. Yeah. You know, I loved it when we walked in here today and were straight into battle. Because why? Because we sense it in the spirit. 
We're feeling and we're seeing and things in the spirit that a year ago you wouldn't have ever sawn, see, saw, see. But we're, fee- we're, we're seeing these things. You have grown unbelievably in the last two years. Unbelievable. And it's God. So Jesus is, so Jesus is saying, by faith, just, just accept, take this. Take this on in faith that every time I speak to my spirit man, it's going to overtake me. It's going to overtake me. In faith, I believe this. I'm walking in faith and not by sight. And so when these thoughts come, and when, you know, just give it to the Lord. Lord, I capture these thoughts. That's what it says in the Word. I capture these thoughts, and I make them right unto you. So I've never been created to think something un- ungodly or unholy about Ginny, you know, or anybody here. I've never been created to have that. I've never been created to have gossip about Moira, or gossip about Richard, or say something horrible, because that is not our nature. (coughs) My nature is to pray for you. My nature is to think and encourage you, to spur you on to love and good deeds. My my nature is to actually try and and be gentle. That's really hard sometimes, to be gentle. It's hard. And it's by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself. I'm a new man and I choose to do it this way. I have never been created to have that or think that. You know, and we've got, to get, we've got to cut that tongue out. Cut that tongue out and be unable to gossip about somebody. Unable to say something horrible if Heidi comes along and you know, just does a little prodding. Accidentally. You've got to be unable... You've got to say, oh, Lord, I don't quite, you know, if, if there's something you want me to teach in this, then, Holy Spirit, I open myself up to it. Teach me your ways, Lord, so I may know you. That's my prayer. That's my prayer because of what's coming. Then offer yourselves in Romans 6, 16. Do not, just go through the book of Romans. It's full of this. It's amazing, the book of Romans. Do you know that when you offer yourselves as someone as obedient slave, You are slaves of the one you obey. Whether you are a slave to sin, which leads to death, or a slave to obedience, which leads to righteousness. Simple. You'll either operate out of the flesh, or you'll operate out of obedience in the spirit. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those that live in Christ, because through Christ, the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. So we have to live in the Spirit, yes? We have to. So we, when we start allowing that Spirit person, Spirit man in you, to be enlarged and take over the flesh, you'll be able to see in the Spirit. Because it will have a manifestation in the Spirit realm more than it will have a manifestation in the flesh. You'll be able to see things in the Spirit, you'll be able to hear things in the Spirit, smell things in the Spirit, taste things of the Spirit, and touch that spirit realm when you live in the spirit. And we must live in the spirit. It's like this. I feel a twinge in my knee. Oh, my word, it's coming on me again. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm just... I feel the twinge and I say, no, now I'm not... Now that noise that Dustin does, it like... <laughs> 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 that noise. <laughs> 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 Devil, you're trying to get me. No. Lord, I thank you for my healing. I thank you that I can walk. I thank you, Lord. I might feel a little bit of discomfort, but absolutely. 
But I want to share something with you. And I, I'm going to... You've got to die to self and live for Christ. It's as simple as that. I couldn't put it... Die to yourself and live for Christ. Many of our prayers have come out of flesh instead of out of the spirit. Many of our prayers. We start getting into that spirit realm and you watch the atmosphere change around you. Ooh. In order, Romans 8 verse 4, in order that the righteousness, righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh but according to the spirit. We are a chosen people. Colossians 3 verse 12 to 14 says these words. Therefore, as God's chosen people, now listen to me. Some of you need to hear this. As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. You need to hear that. There's some people in this room that need to hear that you are holy and dearly loved. You need to hear it. I am holy, and I know I'm dearly loved by him. I'm, my, don't get up in the morning and have Heidi say, Andy, I love you, and it makes my day. I get up, I know that I'm, I'm holy and I'm dearly loved by him. And it's an added bonus if Heidi tells me I'm loved. But I'm, you know, I, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, and this is what we should be, we're dearly loved. Amen. Clothe yourselves with compassion, Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with one another. Forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Love. Simple. So when we are joined to the Lord, we are spirit to spirit. We become clothed and have that charisma gently rubbed all over our bodies. The power is released in you and around you like never before. There'll be a releasing of the fullness of the Holy Spirit of, Eli of um, Isaiah 11. You'll have the mind of Christ, super intelligence. Have you ever thought about having the mind of Christ? Having super intelligence when you have the mind of Christ. You don't need artificial intelligence. You'll have super intelligence. And you're seated in heavenly places. Romans 2, uh, Ephesians 2 verse 6. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So that's where you must see yourself in the spirit. Operated, seated next to Jesus. Because you're dearly loved. And he's wanting to share the secrets of his heart with those that are saying, Lord, I love you with all my heart. I love you with everything that I've got, and I'm yours. With love, when we have the fullness of Christ's love in us, the power is released. The power is released. And we're going to see a person that is not going to be dominated out of the soul, but out of the spirit, and will be about kingdom business. We'll be about the Father's business for those that know their God shall do incredible exploits. Daniel. You see, we're about to see miracles and miracles and miracles explode upon us because we have dominated that soul and we've allowed the spirit to completely dominate our lives. 
And I want to read you something. I have been trying to find this for years. And it was only through the Holy Spirit of... I heard a story about Smith Wigglesworth. I'm going to read you a story and then I'm going to finish because this is coming to us. And I found the... You know when you say things, I'm thinking, I know I read that somewhere, but where did I read it? Where did I find that? That incredible miracle. And I found it. And I want to read you something because I use this as an example. But this is what's coming to us when we have the Spirit dominating the soul. We're going to be doing even greater things. I want you to read this extract of Smith Wigglesworth. <clears throat> I wanted to find it because he's, yeah, he's one of us. He's a Yorkshireman. See, up north. Up north. This is an excerpt from um, The Secret of His Power. And it was written by a guy called Albert Hibbert. Isn't that funny? Karen Hibbert? Albert Hibbert. And uh, while staying in the home of a curate of the local Church of England, Wigglesworth and the curate were sitting together talking after supper. No doubt the subject of their conversation was that the poor fellow had no legs. This young curate had answered the call to go to war and had come back without any legs. So he had no legs, this curate. Artificial limbs in those days were unlike the sophisticated limbs of today. Wigglesworth said to the man quite suddenly, which he often did when ministering in the cases like this, go and get a pair of new shoes in the morning. The poor fellow thought that it was some kind of joke. However, after Wigglesworth and the curate had retired to their respective rooms for the night, God said to the curate, so he heard in the spirit, do as my servant hath said. What a designation for any person, my servant. God was identifying himself through Wigglesworth. And I'm prophesying to you that God will identify himself through you and through me. I'm prophesying that over you. There was no more sleep from that night. He rose up early, went downtown and stood waiting for the shoe shop to open. The manager eventually arrived and opened the shop for business. The curate went in and sat down. Presently, the assistant came and said, good morning, sir. Can I help you? The man said, yes. Would you get me a pair of shoes, please? Yes, sir. Size and colour? The man hesitated. The assistant then saw his condition and said, sorry, sir, we can't help you. It's all right, the young man said. What I do want, though, is a pair of shoes, size 8, in the colour black, please. The assistant went to get the requested shoes. A few minutes later, returned and handed them to them. The man put one on one stump into the shoe, and instantly a foot and a leg formed. Then the same thing happened with the other leg, and he walked out of that shop, not only with a new pair of shoes, but a new pair of legs. Wigglesworth was not surprised. He had expected that result. He often made remarks like, as far as God is concerned, there is no difference between forming a limb and healing a broken bone. We have got to start seeing how God sees and start seeing as God sees it. God can never look at somebody and see them without a limb. God, you know, oh. Listen, Paul sums it up like this in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 4 and 5. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, 
but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith may not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. So folks, I'm finishing there, and I want you to now start thinking and doing this over these next few months, is start every day getting up and saying, right, Holy Spirit, I'm going to operate at my spirit man. I'm going to give you permission, spirit man, to come and teach me, come and help me, come and help me walk in these things because I want to be trusted with what is coming. I do not want to be operating out of my feelings. I do not want to be operating out of my flesh. I want to be walking with you, Holy Spirit, because Holy Spirit says those that are led by the Spirit of God are called sons of God. And if I'm a bride, you're a son, ladies. So we either believe this or we don't. In faith, you have received this, yes? Say it. In faith, I've received it. I receive this. Because we're going to be walking in this, this power, but we're going to have to teach others to walk in it. We're going to have to teach the first things we're going to have to teach them is love. And the second things is the fruits of the Spirit. And if you operate out of those, you get everything. To love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, and with every bit of strength in you. And then to love one another. So, Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you for this message. And I pray now, Lord, Holy Spirit, will you help us walk in your realm? Will you help us, Holy Spirit, to walk in the Spirit and to be led in the Spirit, to not to be dominated out of our souls? And I pray, Holy Spirit, we give you permission. Give him permission now to work and operate in your body. Give him permission now to say, Holy Spirit, I have spirit man in me. I ask you now to connect with the Holy Spirit. But I promise from this day forward, I'm going to feed you, spirit man in me. I'm going to feed you with prayer. I'm going to feed you with tongue. I'm going to feed you with the word. I'm going to feed you with my praise and my worship. I'm going to praise you and thank you for all that I've got. But I pray now, spirit man in me, spirit man in us, come and operate above and beyond our soul and dominate our spirit. And we thank you that, Father, you are going to do great signs and wonders in this place, that we will not have human wisdom, but we will have your power because you will trust us. That we will, I pray, Holy Spirit, that we do not operate out of an independent spirit, but we operate out of your spirit. And we give ourselves. Can we give ourselves to the Lord today? Stand up, please. We're going to give ourselves and offer yourselves as that holy sacrifice, which is holy and pleasing to God. And it said, this is your spiritual act of worship, to offer yourselves as that living sacrifice. So, Father, I thank you that as we offer ourselves to you today, we offer ourselves now as that living sacrifice. And, Lord, we want to live that bondservant life, that I love my wife and I love my child, but, I, Lord, I want to love you even more. I want to love you even more. And Lord, we offer ourselves now today. And I pray over us as an anointing. I feel there is a cloud of anointing over us. I see it and it's shimmering. It's just hovering over us. And I pray now, Lord, I ask you by the power of your Holy Spirit that we operate out of our spirit. Out of our spirit and not out of our soul. So Lord, I pray, can we have more love? Can we have more peace and can we have more joy? Can we be kind and gentle? Can we have more faith? Can we have more patience with each other? Lord, can we be 
self-controlled in what we think and do. But we offer our bodies as that living sacrifice, holy and dearly loved by you. And we thank you, Jesus, that you paid such a high price so that we are now seated with you in heavenly realms. And I pray, Lord, for a releasing. Can I just pray this? I pray for the hoods of some of you that have never seen into that realm to start seeing in the spirit realm. And I pray, Lord, for anointing, a corporate anointing to come on us now to be able to experience you, to see you, to know you in that spirit and to bring it down on earth as we've seen it in heaven. So, Lord, we pray for that healing anointing to arise in this place, that we carry it. We carry it. But, Lord, not just it be an internal, but now let it be an external covering. But Lord, we literally will walk in hospitals and see every sick person healed and delivered. Can I just ask you to envisage pulling out a tray or going to a grave and commanding the dead bones to arise, the dry bones, the valley of dry bones that Ezekiel saw, and speak resurrection life into those bones. See the grave. Just Watch, I'm, I'm seeing Kavan standing behind me by his grave. I'm standing by the graves of my dogs and seeing them come out of the graves. <clears throat> I see myself walking into hospitals and seeing the sick recover. I see people receiving body parts of kidneys, of livers, of lungs, of hearts. I see cancer literally falling off as you touch and reach out for them and pray for them, and it will literally go. I see people coming into their right minds because the demons will flee. I see eating disorders just vanishing off bodies. And this isn't what I'm seeing myself only do. I'm seeing you do it as well. I thank you, Lord, as we praise wherever we go. We praise you, we pray, and we thank you in the woods, in the streets, that demons will flee. We will walk into homes and see the demons flee into the dry places. And Holy Spirit, we give you all the glory. Because you point us to Jesus, and we give him all the glory. Can I just say, I just see so many of you healing the sick. I see so many of you going to almost dead and dying people and seeing them resurrected and you will say, let resurrection life come into this body. It's going to come. Thank you, Jesus. Can I pray off addictions? I feel there's addictions here. Can I just pray, Lord, will you remove any addictions from our lives? Deliver us from those evil addictions. Deliver us, Lord, from things that we have allowed to open up doors in our lives. And Lord, I want to ask somebody here that's the Lord is bringing up a person's face before you that you haven't forgiven for a past hurt. 
forgive them. And it might be the hundredth time that you've had to forgive that person. But forgive them and release them. I just see somebody here who has had a door opened to them. Um, and it seems like this door is a really good door to walk into. And it's about sharing the gospel. It's something to do with that, sharing Christ to them. But the door is opened and you are not to take on that spirit. You are not to connect with that spirit. You are to pray for them. That the Lord appears to them in dreams and visions. Holy Spirit, I see you roaring down this, these streets and across into Parsons Cross where people will come out of their houses and come running to find out what it's all about. And I pray, Lord, will you give us wisdom, the epinosis wisdom of the Spirit. that we make disciples of all men and women and children. That they will become like you, Jesus. That we will storm the bastions where the devil has grown in this land and we will start striking down giants. So Father, I pray now, give us the spirit of Joshua and Caleb. Renew our strength. To take this land, Lord. Give us everything that we need. That there is nothing that can stand against us. I believe the Lord is about, like he did in Egypt, is about to come against the guards of this land. And I believe that he has started doing, he's coming against the, the, the guard of money, finance, or things. He's going to bring it down. Lord, we ask you now to set not just ourselves apart for your purposes, but Lord, to set this nation apart for your purposes. And especially in this time when, Lord, this whole thing of the Conservative Party and Theresa May going, Lord, I pray, put your man or woman in that place to fill, put your man or woman in that place. Set your Nebuchadnezzar up in that place. But Lord, if it's a Nebuchadnezzar, then put the Daniels right beside them. Or Lord, put your man or woman that loves you with all of their hearts in that place and give them all wisdom and understanding to know how to lead this nation. Not govern, but lead this nation. So Lord, over these next few months, we pray that in. I challenge you to pray that in, that it's God's man. I just pray and I thank you, Father, you've done this in Australia just in the last two weeks. Lord, when all the newspapers were saying that this Christian Prime Minister that was the fifth one in the last ten years in Australia, where they said he wouldn't stand a chance, but Lord, he loved you. 
And he gets up when he is then elected and there is a landslide victory. And he turned around and he turned publicly and said, I believe in miracles. And Lord, I pray, let that be now in this land. That you put a Christian man or a Christian woman in that place that will give us Brexit. That will honour the vote of the people. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're at a crucial point of this land. But now I just felt, you know, to, to encourage you because we prayed a few weeks ago on a Saturday morning. We said that there would be confusion put into the House of Parliament just a few months ago. And there has been nothing else but confusion in that house. But now I believe the Lord is clearing that confusion and positioning his man and his woman in that place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. This is a new day dawning. It has already dawned. The sun has already come up. These are the new things the Lord is going to bring us into. You watch and expect and by faith receive. God bless you.